A game of rugby takes 80 minutes. That's 4,800 seconds. But it only takes one to win a scrum, to steal a line out, make a break and score a try. One second for a hero to become a legend, for one team to become champions. And it's their line-out that creates the opportunities to score their tries, and that's exactly what happened. He goes wide, and he finds a winger. Oiderman, he's faster than a bald man's haircut. Oiderman, and he gets the try. What a heartbreaker. Welcome to MLR Kickoff, episode 98, with your hosts, Dan Power and Pete Steinberg. Hello, rugby fans, and uh, boy, am I excited because the regular season has just one week left, and then we are in playoff mode. It is Dan Power with you alongside the professor, Pete Steinberg. And firstly, Pete, let me address the elephant in the room, the abysmal performance by England in the Euro Finals. Italy get it done on PKs at the end. Uh, condolences, buddy. I actually watched the game too, and I do not watch a lot of soccer. So, it uh, in between yeah, me complaining it, about soccer, so it. you watched it solely to see England win, and Lose. primarily so you could bring it up on the podcast. Because last week, when England made the final, there was no mention of this. No, I actually texted Aaron uh, as we were on our text change. I said, "How long do you think it'll take me to get Pete to bite on some of these uh, derogatory comments I'm sending him about the English?" Uh, soccer team and Pete true to form just a classy human being doesn't stoop to my level he uh, takes the high road and ignores me which he's found to be quite effective but again good game Um, we won't talk about all the hoobrah that surrounded it uh, pre and post but great game I actually enjoyed it was was almost as good as the France Australia game (laughs) <laughs> at least this time the French didn't lose the game in the 82nd minute like that's true then throwing the ball around I mean it was like yeah. but but that France Australia game was a good game and and you know by the time this podcast comes out uh the first test of the British Lions versus the Springboks oh I'm sorry Springboks a have you have you have you been following this Dan yeah it's uh interesting to say the least but yeah, so it, it, you know what? International rugby is back. We're, we're good. Do you see the Australia, and I don't know if this actually happened, if they changed it, but are on the same flight as the French going for the third test. So they had to get on the same plane with the French team as they're celebrating. Viva la France. And uh, the Aussies are on the plane having to like, oh, God. like Well, but it's a decider, right? right? It's one. It is. I think they're going after been, Brisbane. It's been a great series. Yeah, the French, the French, the French will drag anyone into a good series just because they play good rugby. Now, it's frustrating for French fans sometimes because of the way they play. But as a neutral, or you know, like yourself, like you don't have a vested interest in either one. It's fun to watch because the French play a fun style of rugby, and yeah. most teams kind of have to meet them to to stick with them. But uh, and, and of course, we had both Canada. We had a lot of MLR guys in international action. A bit of a struggle for both the US. Um, and for Canada. But I think one of the things, Dan, that people don't understand is that like England and Ireland and Wales have been in camp for a month, right? And yeah, yeah. they may not have yep. their starting players who, who are off with the Lions, but they've been in camp for the month. 
like in 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 the two weeks that the the the, the Canadian and national and USA teams were over in the UK, my guess is they probably had at most four practices, four or yeah. five practices. I, I think people kind of like also forget that those squads are made up of players who probably wanted to make the Lions, who feel like they've got a point to prove, and a bunch of young players who know they're not going to make the full squad and they're just going to go all guns blazing. So it kind of it's hard for Canada and the US to spring an upset in those games because the players are so up for Like the Scotland game in Houston a few years ago was under a similar situation, right? Scotland sent a weaker side over, but they kind of sprung the upset on them. It's it's hard during the Lions tours because the players are pretty motivated and they're looking at the Lions. They're like, I want to be there, so I'm going to make a statement. And uh, yeah, it's, it's tough. It's tough. But So much uh, rugby going on. So I know. much rugby. It allows me to cleanse my disappointment of the England loss by just what, like Man. jumping into rugby and, and MLR was there to just pick me up. Good man. I'm glad it was. I'm glad it was. Well, tonight's band, as always, brought to you by shopmlr.com, powered by the Rugby Shop. Great supporters of the show. And is there uh, is, is there an English jersey on discount is, this there week? Is there? Not, there is not an English jersey, but Good. we still have the end of season sale. So that's where I would guide people. You can get a lot of very, very cool stuff on there. Um, uh in the in, in the clearance items, there's jerseys to get, there's hats to get. So, you know, before yeah. the season is over, grab the get deal. Yeah, yeah. And we'll find out uh shortly where the final's gonna be. So make sure you get your team supporter. There's uh there's a rugby league team in Australia, South Sydney, and, and one of the traditions of South Sydney fans is to go to a game that South Sydney's not in and wear a South Sydney jersey. It's gone global. Obviously, before COVID, you'd be at like the NBA game and there'd be some guy wearing a South Sydney jersey. So let's start that tradition, MLR fans. Just go to a game that's not your team and wear your jersey there just that's for the right. fun of it. I like it. Love it. All right, let's jump into the reviews from the weekend. Six games. So everyone in action this weekend. Kick things off. Houston on Saturday afternoon. On the road against New York, man, New York. That first half was a that team first that, half. that was impressive. They run yeah, out winners, fifty four nineteen. Pete, give me your rundown on this one. Yeah, I mean, it was all about the first half. I actually thought the second half they were a little poor, but they'd made they made a bunch of subs. Right, they got the win, they got the bonus point, which puts them in the um, is it the cat seat? What is it? The the cat seat? Is that what it is, Dan? I can't remember what it is, but like really the driver's pretty- seat. The driver's seat. No, there's, there's wow. like a cat something. I can't remember what it is, but like really. The kid's chair. Cat, what is it, Aaron? Cat? The, Are you saying the, cat? The, he's saying cat seat. And I'm like, what? Kid's chair, maybe? Oh, the cat's meow. Captain's seat? I can't remember. Anyway. Cat's got your tongue. Curious like a cat. Whiskers. They've put Nona in a position that they have to do something really unusual. And that first half was no. great. Um, no, they, Nola put themselves in a situation where they have to do something unusual, Pete. We'll talk about that later. <laughs> you know, I thought I thought that um, it was one of the best performances. I mean, it's against the Sabercats. They're not great, but they they stood up. Their defense was excellent at 88%. Um, you know, they were winning fast ball. They, you know, maybe a problem in the lineout, but I think that that's probably not having Nick Savetta. Right, uh, so and, and Nate Brakley, yeah, and, and Nate Brakley. So I think that that's that's probably would will be solved in the in in the in their like pre playoff game. But I thought I thought it was just a great 
a great game um, and a great performance. And it's sort of like Dan Holland's heads kind of, it, he looked like he was the fly half that he was at the beginning of the season. You know, you know what's nuts with Holland's head is he's still like right near the top on the point scoring and he missed like five weeks. I'm like, how is that even possible? Well, but, I, mean, uh, I mean, they were so efficient, Dan, that they got out of that. They never failed to exit their 22. Yeah, they look good. Which is really they unusual, right? But that efficiency and most of that, they ran it. So remember, like, I don't know, like we have to think back to the start of the season. But when you think back to the start of the season, New York were running everything. And then they became a kicking team. And now they've got a really good balance. And against Houston, they said, hey, we're going to keep in the hand and, we, and we're going to run it. Yeah, it'll be, uh, it'll, it sets up an interesting game this weekend. We'll talk about that a little later. San Diego on the road to D.C. D.C. get a great win in front of what looked like an amazing crowd at Segra Field, 38-29. This game was kind of in the balance late, and then D.C. put it away at the very end there. What do you think of this one? I actually really enjoyed this game, Dan. There was a lot of good tries. Um, I think you saw San Diego. I mean, I mean, the tries were a little bit different, right? The tries for um, uh, Old Glory were very much through the forwards and generated by the forwards, and, and the tries by San Diego were very much in the backs. You can see um, what a loss Mungo Mason had been. He had a great game. And you've got to think that if Mungo Mason doesn't get injured, the Old Glory season might be a little different. He is such an impact on that team. Um, you know, uh, the Legion just, you know, just disappointing. I think they, uh, um, the scrum was a little bit of a mess for both teams. I think the, um, you know, the um, Old Glory have struggled consistently with their defense, right? Mm -hmm. and, and there were holes all over the place, but there were holes in both teams. It's like one of these games where you watch it as a fan, you're like, it's an exciting game. And you watch it as a coach and you're like, man, oh. there are so many doors to run through in this defensive line. It's like, yeah. it's so easy. But there's some great lines out there. There were some really good, good lines. Seto Africa in that sort of environment really thrives. And he's really grown into the season, I think. Yeah, he has. He's had a couple of really good performances lately. And back to your point on that old glory pack, man, if they were health, like healthy, Nungali, Nakatini, Caelan Gibbons, Mungo Mason, Jamison Fiona, Schultz, that's a really lethal back five there. Uh, wouldn't want to be messing around with that at all. All right, let's move on. Austin on the road to LA, the Coliseum, tight game. LA get the win at the end, 31-17, basically putting to bed Austin's playoff hopes. Utah would shut that uh, coffin lid and nail it a few hours later, though, Pete. But LA back in the winner's circle at home after that shock to Nola last week. And now... With the lockup of the number one seed, we'll have an opportunity this weekend to rest some of their stars. Yeah, I think, you know, we'll talk about that. I'm, I'm not sure. LA, Utah, it's going to be really interesting. In fact, all the games this weekend, except for maybe NOLA, New York, it's going to be hard yeah. to predict because you don't know what the selections are going to be. This was a really interesting game for me. I actually um, had an inkling that Austin was going to win this. It was in my Super Brew pick. I picked Austin. And... They did everything they needed to do in that first half and they were up, right? Um, um, and, um, but what they didn't do in both halves is they didn't take the opportunities. LA is so efficient. When they get into your 22, they score, right? They've got a great line out. They score from their line out. Um, they've got great support runs. I mean, Harrison Goddard is like picking up ball inside passes to score tries. I think he's got nine tries i think he's in the top five try scorers and he's a scrum half 
the his support lines are great. I think that um, you know we haven't seen the blitz LA that we've seen before. Austin were able to hold on to them into that first half, and then actually I think kind of really wrestled the the game um, from LA in that first half. I think LA really struggled. Both teams had amazing defense. 91% tackles for LA, 89 for Austin, and Austin penalties were really harmful for them, particularly in that second half. Yeah, I, I feel the same as you whenever I watch LA play. I'm just like, at any given time, something can happen with them. They've just got so many weapons. And I know Darren Coleman probably would have liked to have had a, a higher rate of rotation with some of his older players, but injuries probably necessitated them playing more minutes than necessary. And they look tired. Like they just look like, you know, the, the 17th week of the season, like a guy in his late 30s, mid 30s would look, which is totally normal. So I think the week off to get fresh and kind of take a breath will be really good for this LA squad. Uh, Atlanta, 41-31 over Utah. Austin fans are watching this one closely. Utah, bonus point in this loss, locks up their playoff spot. They'll have the number two spot in the West. Atlanta... Uh, I, I mean, we'll talk about this a little later. They are as close to mathematically being locked as a number one seed. Like for them not to be number one seed, New York's going to have to win. It. Atlanta will have to lose this weekend. New York will have to win this weekend by a hundred and twenty something to nothing. So, right? Yeah. No, they're they're the number one seed. They can um, they can relax. But here's the thing that gets me now. You know, we have to recognize that Utah is a good defensive team, but they're missing a ton of players. Danny Christensen, I thought, had a really good game for yeah. a guy that had nine minutes coming into these last two. I mean, that's a that's a pretty good third scrum half. Maybe someone will be looking at him next year. But um, the thing that really impressed me is that you know they're, they're, the the uh, um, the rugby ATL defense was very good up until they made some subs. Right, their game was kind of over. When, um, when they made some subs and uh, um, the Warriors came on late. But the thing that's getting me is this attack. I mean, Ezkura looked sharp at 10, right? Mm -hmm. They had Coleman on the bench, right? They don't have Kalsa anywhere, right? They, they've got some really interesting decisions that they have to make in that back line, and they've got a ton of depth. So I think that... Um, I, you know, Robbie Coleman's been playing like 30 minutes. He played 29 minutes, 30 minutes. You know, does he start next week? I mean, he looked pretty darn good, right? It's, I think it's his third week back. It'll be interesting to see what they do. But um, yeah, this Atlanta team, when it plays like this, is scary. When their forwards are physical with the ball, right? It's scary. The one thing I would say is that Utah had a lot of success in their lineout more. Yeah. Right. They really use that as attacking platform. So whether you're Nola or New York, you might go in and you might say, huh, maybe that that's the way that we breach this um, ATL um, defense is is through the mall. But, um, you know, they 61 percent ball over the game line. I mean, that's nuts. Not on the game line, over the game line. Hey, hey stats boy. Like you were on the front for the whole game. That's boy, your finger's always on the pulse. What's the latest with Matt Heaton? How close is he to coming back? Uh, yeah, see, you know, yeah. it's it's an interesting one. I'm not sure. Um, I think that they, whatever it was, it kept him from going to play for Canada. And he's sort of that talisman player for Canada and for 
for Atlanta. You know, he's just a yeah. physical menace that he just he, he's one of those players that just lays everything out there, which may be why he's actually injured right now. He's the Pete Steinberg of MLR. He just lays it all on the line. Physical, a menace. I love it. All right, let's go on to New England and Toronto. Toronto season. It came to an end. Mercifully, came to an end. It was final. It came to an end a week early. They must be like, like, like at the start of the season, there was like, who gets to buy the last week week before the playoffs, right? And they're like, no, no, right now we want it. We do not want to play another game. Um, They were like the... uh, the Black Knight out of Monty Python, right? Where they're just every limb had been cut. Just finish it. New England finishes. The you know, first of all, I think that um, you've got a, a a big shout out to Chris Silverthorne, Bill Webb, the whole um, Arrows 100%. organization. Yep. Um, they did something. I think that you know, it's the longest tour ever. Um, you know, it's, it was like one of those tours, Dan. Like you know, when the British Lions toured in like 1930, and they had to get on a boat and it took six. Weeks. <laughs> Right? It's like that's uh, kind of like the tour. They played like 60 games, you know. Um, but those players and that staff made a sacrifice for the league. Right? They did. Like they they yeah. could have said, hey, it's not gonna work and, and, and we're not gonna play. And they said, no, 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 we're gonna we're gonna do it. So I think I think the league really owes the arrows a, a, a you know a big round of applause for the effort they put in. Um, you know, and and I think they're really disappointed because after the last season, they really thought that they were gonna be good, but you know, they, you know, it was just, it was just a bit of a struggle. A couple of the guys like a Rob Brower that wasn't able to come down for work, right? That was, that was a loss, right? And and you, you just lose a couple of those guys and, and, it, and it's, and it makes it all very, very difficult. I mean, it's, it's interesting. You look at this game because I actually thought that the Free Jacks played very, very well, right? Um, yeah. You know, forwards, their forwards were. Yeah, their forwards were just absolutely outstanding. I mean, it takes some guts to put, um, Billy Tolatau at lock. Was he actually locking? No, there was a jersey thing. The the size of the jersey. Uh, Terra and Dembu was playing lock, but the jerseys didn't fit, so they swapped jerseys. That's it. Got it. I was like, I I, I was watching. I'm like, hold on. I'm I'm really confused about about what's going on here. So, uh, but they look they look really really good. But you know the uh, um, possession like like the arrows only had to make sixty tackles. And you only had to make 130. And it just shows you, and I think a lot of that was sort of in the second half, mm-hmm. right? Um, a lot of that, like the Free Jacks had already done what they needed to do. So, you know, I think I think this was sort of, you know, a game too far. Um, I think that there's, I thought Montero played a, gate, a great game for, he was a real threat for them on the outside. And, you know, you saw, I thought Conradi for, um, for the free jacks uh, played well but that pack for the free jacks just like was just a menace it was so difficult for uh um toronto to be able to hold them up with some of their young guys so uh, yeah a game too far i think the free jacks you know i think both of these teams would feel disappointed that this you know they went into this game without anything um on on the um on the line but both of these teams i think can start thinking about next year and will you know think that you know a little bit healthier maybe one or two additions and that, you know, they can compete. Yeah. Toronto, uh, sorry, New England, obviously have to hire a new head coach now as well. So that's part of the rebuild. All right. Last game of the weekend, NOLA, Seattle, Pete, NOLA. This is how I, the only thing I can think of with this game for NOLA, they ascended 
Everest. They climbed Everest. And as they're walking, they survived. They make it. Yay, we made it. As they're walking down the mountain, they tripped on a pebble and fell into a ravine and died. That pebble was Seattle. The game was like on their schedule. It was like, oh, we're playing Seattle. Great. Win. Tick. On the rundown. Seattle absolutely spanked them. And the Seawolves have been building to this in the last few weeks, especially when they're in Starfire. They're so hard to beat. And finally for Seattle, it clicked. The bounce of the ball went their way. They started to play better. They executed better. JP Smith back at nine. Man, he looked so good on the weekend. And Seattle, again, their season could be so different. If you look through their losses and what they lost game by. It was close. They were all close. Vastly different. Yeah, yeah. It's just looking at a win-loss column, you just can't really tell on a season. You've got to dig a little deeper sometimes. So, so there's two things about the game for Nola that I think were really disappointing. First of all, they started really well. Like the first 10 or 15 minutes, they had a couple of chances to score. Like they they kicked, they didn't take the points, they kicked a touch. They just didn't get any points out of that. And I think if they had got points, this young group would have believed. And the second thing is Nola reverted back to what they were doing earlier on in the season, which is they were trying to throw the ball all over the place. That's not the, the, the team that Nola is. They have 22 turnovers to 11 for Seattle. 22 turnovers. I mean, they just need to... Carl Meyer kept do, trying to do offloads and all of the offloads kept going to the Seawolves, right? Just hold on to the ball. You're not that team. You're a team that grinds it out. You're a team that needs to hold on to possession. And I'm sure that was extremely frustrating. So I think Nola played badly here. They just didn't take their opportunities and Seattle did. You're not that guy, pal. You're not that guy. Yeah, good stuff. Pete, pop culture probably doesn't get that. Anyway, let's move on. Player of the week, interview time. This is a real treat because you don't get a lot of the big boys that come in here. The backs seem to have the, the run for these awards typically. You know, the, the fairies with the socks up and the hair done, scoring the tries, kicking the goals, looking good. So I'm excited to get this guy on the show because he's a real bruiser and he's had a great year for rugby ATL. It's their lock part of the towering Inferno twins, the South African twins there, himself and Mano. I'm talking about Johan Momsen. All right, we are joined now by Rugby ATL's Johan Momsen, who was voted Player of the Week for Week 17. And uh, big fella, I can't believe it took 17 weeks to get you on the show. You've had a tremendous season for Atlanta. Firstly, congrats on the performance on the weekend and on a great year down there. How has your time been in Atlanta for 2021? Yeah, thanks. No, I've loved it. Uh, last year, my first year, this year, came back um, and it's just took off where we basically stopped last year. Um, no looking back. I've loved every minute of it and uh, I'm glad we can finish uh, where it has been my first MIR complete season. Yeah, it's uh, it was kind of an interesting start to the season, I think, for everyone, right? Coming out of that abbreviated preseason and it took a little while for teams to find their form, but you guys found your form and found it quickly. Did you internally inside the camp feel quite confident that you're going to have this type of year? Like everyone wants to go into a season knowing, hey, we're going to have a great year. But were there signs in camp that you're like, hey, we've got something special here in Atlanta this year? Yeah, definitely. Um, I think all of us inside of the camp probably felt that a bit last year. Uh, results didn't show it maybe, but we just needed a few things to click. Um, I think our defense definitely showed that uh, – we have what it takes to keep the best out. So uh, we just needed a few things, like I said, to click on the attack um, to be a little bit more of a threat. And uh, when it all happened, I think I think we surprised a few few other teams and also people out there. 
Yeah, I, I, I love the defense that you guys um, uh, run at Atlanta. Uh, big fan. Um, I've run some similar defenses. What's it like as forwards? Because it feels like there's a lot of work you got to do to get back on your feet. There's a lot of work getting off the line. And, and it just, you know, you've just got to out-physical the opposition. Is that a mindset that you guys have? Is that something that Scott Lawrence does in practice? Because... It's not an easy defense. It's a very effective defense, but it's not an easy defense to play. Yeah, no, we, we definitely uh, we work hard at it. Um, I think Coach Lawrence has always been a, a defense-minded coach. Um, I've actually always played under defense-minded defense-minded coaches, which which I guess suits me. Um, but it's definitely hard work, but it's also very rewarding um, if you've got a big pack against you and you you see you're just tackling them, tackling them back. And you see that you, you're really demoralizing them. Um, it is rewarding. So it's it's enjoyable as well as hard work. <laughs> and, and what do you think has clicked for you guys? It certainly seems to have been led by your defense, but on this run in the second half of the season where you've really kind of pulled away, what is it? What's different than, than maybe early on in the season where you weren't as consistent? Um, it's probably just guys getting used to each other. Um, there's always been opportunities. I think we just started finishing them better. Uh, our forward back started really dominating with our set piece. Um, we, we always had the set piece. We just didn't always get the malls going, get the tries scored. So um, I think we just started finishing off our opportunities better, which we create through our defense. Let's talk about the, the game on the weekend, Chris. Important game. Leading up to that, how was the, the chat in camp? Obviously, the Warriors missing quite a few players with international, but they're always a dangerous side. And uh, I looked at their roster when they announced them. I'm like, that's ah, actually a really good 23, even with everyone missing. And a danger game for you guys, because you've obviously locked up, uh, you know, te- technically, mathematically, not the one seed, but it would take something miraculous to lose it. So you have home field advantage, you would think. And you got that by getting the bonus point win. How was the week leading up to it? And, and kind of, was that kind of in the back of the mind going into this game against Utah? Um, it, it, it was definitely in the back of the mind. Uh, we knew if we could seal this one with a five-point win, um, we could probably get a little bit of squad rotation, give some guys that's been working hard a chance in the last week. But I mean, we still we still have a, have a goal for this weekend uh, to get the five points on the road too. But against Utah, we um, we knew it was going to be more of a, a forward battle, um, which is also the way they play. They try to dominate with the forwards, try multiple penalties, kick it to the line, do malls. Um, so we knew that was probably going to be the biggest part of the matchup. Um, I think they were missing more of their backs. So for us as forwards, at least, not too much of a difference from what we thought it was going to be. Um, and yeah, it was. they didn't disappoint. They scored two mall tries. So uh, that's a little bit of a work on for us. Well, speaking of two tries, you got that yourself. Did you have a chat to some of the, the nimble guys during the week and said, hey, you've had your fun. It's time to let me have a bit of fun this weekend or just <laughs> just a bit of forwards luck, right place, right time? Yeah, I think especially that second one was yeah, what we call a meat pie. It was just the ball just bounced literally right from my, in my yeah. hands. I <laughs> know. <laughs> were you, were I, you uh, surprised? Because I'm watching it and so, I'm like... Yeah. I, I can't believe how badly Utah kind of bungled that. And you must have been thinking, oh, I'm just going to chase. As you do, 
you know, always, you know, yeah. opportunity comes to people who are in the right place. So, and then it just literally lands in your hand. You kind of swat him away and then under the pose. As I was I, like, yeah, as I, best I, try as ever. I put it down, as I put it down, I looked I looked around to the ref. I was like, are you, are you rewarding this or what is it? Did something go wrong? <laughs> I didn't believe it. It was yeah. just easy. Yeah, that was um, good. It was good fun. So, so, you know, like you said, there's going to be a bit of squad rotation and, you know, then it's the playoff game. And you guys probably have some of the best depth in the league, right? You've got you've got a number of guys like um, you know Matt Heaton who isn't there. You've got Kirk Coleman who feels like a mid-season signing that each week seems to be getting a few minutes more. Um, you've got um, Manasseh Saulo who just is, I mean, you know, to get to lock behind that guy. I don't know. Is there something that you can bind onto with him, or is it just like a tree trunk? <laughs> He just doesn't move, eh? <laughs> he just, he just doesn't probably, move, right? So, no, he doesn't like, move. <laughs> I can just lean Four very lightly anyway. against this guy and save my energy, right? So you've got some real depth, but that also means like Robbie Robbie Petzo, who's been a guy that's been, he had a really good game. Um, you know, it, is competition an important part of the culture of rugby ATL? Yeah, it really is. Um, I think that's, that's part of our success. Um, if we, in training, we have two teams, pretty even that can really put each other under pressure uh, training set piece. It's good having someone that can really run other teams stuff against you. So, I mean, um, it's, it's always a good, it's a good problem for a coach to be struggling to make his choices uh, to pick a team. And I think that's the situation we're in week in, week out. And uh, yeah, that's, that's definitely part of our success this year. And, and let's talk about Scott Lawrence. You know, I've, I've known Scott for a while. I coached him. Um, I have a huge amount of respect. And I think in the U.S., he's often seen as a sort of um, a potential successor to Gary Gold. You know, you're here with in the second season. Obviously, it's been successful. You know, you've got a lot of experience. What do you think that Scott brings as a head coach that makes him successful? I think it's uh, his attention to detail. Um, he really he really puts in a lot of hours Um what you know, analyzing and uh, making plans, the right plan. Um, him and his team, Coach Steve Brett and Blake Bradford, um, they also divide the work well. They all have their own focus area. And uh, I think the team of coaches really do well um, preparing us week in, week out. It's also really player-driven. Um, they make sure that we do a lot of the work. Um, and that, that helps on the field if you're not just uh, spoon-fed what you have to do on the field if you do a lot of it yourself. Um, yeah, so he, with that also, play development is a big thing. And uh, I think that's, uh, uh, you do develop under him a lot, which is which is nice. Yeah, he's uh, he's on another level sometimes, isn't he? How, how far he can go down the rabbit hole in rugby. It's kind of like, yeah. <laughs> he's, I've spoken to him about some stuff when the rule changes came in. He was bringing things up and I'm like, like what? How, why do you think about stuff like like yeah. who even goes that far down there? Just just <laughs> deal with it. But all right, big fella, let's have some fun now. You're you're in Atlanta, so I'm going to ask you some questions about Atlanta. Okay, so we're going to test your Atlanta knowledge. Now, I'm a, I'm a pop culture guy. I love my pop culture. So me too, obviously. You, no, Pete hates it. I'll give you a point for every Real Housewife of Atlanta you can name. Ready and go. Uh, no cheating. I can see your eyes flicking across the street. Don't start pulling up. Google. Nothing. Um, oh, 
Uh, um, first, first of all, you know what the show is. Have you I, heard, heard of the, of the show? show? I've heard of oh. the show. I've never watched it. Never watched it. It's um, so good. So good. I, I recommend it. It should have won an Emmy. It's brilliant. The only one I could probably say is Missal, J- Jeremy Missalago. He'll fit in the show. He <laughs> <laughs> would. That's that. Bravo. Call, call, call the rugby ATL boys. Get the missile on there. He would probably love it. So I'll give you. I'll give you a few. You could have gone for like uh, my favourites, Nini Leaks, um, Candy Burris. Candy Burris is famous as a singer, but she actually wrote more songs. So she wrote a lot of the TLC. You know TLC. Don't go chasing yeah. waterfalls. Yep. So she wrote a lot of that. All right. Okay. Name three other professional sports franchises apart from rugby ATL in Atlanta. Oh, the Braves. Hawks yep. and Falcons. Oh, that was way too, too easy. easy for you. That was too yeah. easy. <laughs> All right. You need to name the song and the artist. And I'm just going to word it for you. I'm not going to, I don't do free performances. So, Welcome to Atlanta, where the players play. Who sings that song? song? I know the song, but I don't know who sings it. This is, oh. No, I'm going to make a fool of myself as I guess this. So, no, I have no idea. Do you know, know the can, song? Can you, can you, if you sing it for me, I'll give you a, a clue. Oh, welcome to Atlanta with uh, something like that. But I uh, no, <laughs> even forgot the words you said. No. So it is called Welcome to Atlanta. It's credited to Jermaine Dupree, but Ludacris is one of the main voices in it, who is uh, Atlanta. All right. yeah. Atlanta sits in the great state of Georgia. Can you okay. name the two major universities from Georgia? Uh, UGA, University of Georgia. And yeah. uh, I guess the other one is Georgia Tech. Man, if, can you name their mascots? Excuse me. My, my wife is from Georgia, and she would say it would be Georgia Southern. Oh, Georgia she's Southern. She's wrong. <laughs> that's, that's where she went. Can you name the mascots for another point? Uh, the Georgia Bulldogs. Yes. Um, is it? Tech, tech's a hard one. Yeah. Uh, they no, make honey. No, no, no. Oh, no, it's probably the bees then, but no. I didn't, yellow, yellow, I didn't jackets. yellow jackets. Uh, yellow jackets don't uh, actually make honey. So type of bee. That was a very terrible. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> no help. I'm sorry. All right. This is the lowest hanging one I can give you. The state fruit of Georgia is what? Oh, it's a peach. You're a peach, you're honey. Yeah, you're yeah, the peach. I, I, I have a Bieber couple of questions. I have, I have a couple of questions that aren't, aren't as difficult. And then Dan's probably going to grill you, I think, about your teammates. So, so one of the cool things about MLR, especially from guys from overseas, is you get to see the states, right? You get to travel. So, so you know, you've traveled all around the states. Um, outside of Atlanta, what's the favorite city that you visited and why? Nashville. Oh, Nashville! Just the, uh, just that street of, of the the live music. Uh, yeah, well, well, we didn't play there, but we went there. Uh, on oh, you played there, all right? Just not <laughs> rugby. <laughs> no, it was just so good. I love country music, and I like uh, and and country rock and rock music, and that was the whole vibe there. So I mean, it's also being from South Africa. That was massive four story pubs and bars and stuff. Yeah, I've never seen something like that. So. Uh, that was that was quite an experience for me. I, uh, I like Nashville a lot. Oh, that's cool. Who's, well, who's not, your uh, who's your country way. music Mount Rushmore? 
there's my four, four, my four, four favorites. Yeah. Oh, yeah. look at that. Knew, hey, good for you. You knew Mount Rushmore was four. Revelation. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's, it's tough. Um, I like Chris Stapleton. He's got the best voice, I guess. Um, can't can't go wrong with Jason Aldean. I liked his pub. So oh, I have, to, I have yeah. to name him. Um, isn't it? Kane Brown isn't really a country artist. He does country, but. I like one or two of his songs, and then uh, uh, I have to go with Zach Brown Band because they Zach Brown are Band, yeah. from Marietta, where we actually yeah. train and based in. So let's go with them. It's not That's a person. That's pretty cool, man. It's, 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 it's country pop culture. You're just asking the wrong yeah. questions, Dan. I did. I was going <laughs> to say, is country music is country music big in South Africa? Uh, yeah, uh, I think our Afrikaans music uh, relates to it too. Yeah, so it's similar. So I do like it a lot. Yeah. That's cool, man. And obviously Nashville is like a mecca for, for country music, but any concerts? You got any uh, any big country names coming through that you want to go see while you're still here? Any of them, really, but I, there hasn't been any opportunities. He's like, he's like, hey, Dan, he plays the Scott Lawrence. There's no way that during the season yeah. he's going out for a country yeah. concert. <laughs> That's not happening. Maybe That's like true. August 2nd. So I'll have to wait. Are you are you able to talk? Like, do we need a safe word? Is Scott standing behind the screen? Like, no, just blink no. three times if you can speak freely. If you need us to come help you out. No, no, all what's what what's the most what's the weirdest thing you've got from Scott? Like, where you've just sat there and gone, what is what what is he talking about here? The weirdest. Uh... Don't get in trouble. Don't get dropped for the playoffs either. No, he I don't think yeah. I don't think there's anything coming to my head right now. He's he's pretty pretty neutral. I haven't really I don't think there's been too many weird moments with him. All right. Now what's the weirdest thing one of your teammates has done this year? Locker room. What's the weirdest thing you've heard? <laughs> usually, usually you get a good one in film review when you're sitting as a team reviewing film and something happens, and someone's excuse is just like, Yeah, you no, you missed that tackle. Why? No, no, I don't <laughs> think so, but <laughs> You got any special uh, ones? Uh, well, today there was a funny one. It was just, uh, I can't remember who it was, but someone said that he just basically said sorry for, he could have made a better tackle. And then Coach Coach Lawrence actually just told him, yeah, no, you got trucked on that one. That was what, pretty funny to everyone. Why did, why did Jeremy say up. that? <laughs> <laughs> this one wasn't jeremy no jeremy has been making his tackles this year pretty well so it's not him yeah he's having a good year he's having a good year who who, who would be your um you know your wrestling fan do you ever watch the wrestling wrestling like like, like the you remember the the degeneration x the NWO, the four horses, like it's called a stable, right? Like it's a group of guys. And so you have the main guy who wrestles for the big belt, the secondary guy for the lower belt. And there's usually a tag team, two guys. Who, so build, build your rugby ATL stable and you can be the main guy. So you're the guy. So you need three other teammates who you want to wrestle with, like on your team. If I have to choose... And then name them. Wrestling yeah. team. It's definitely the three Irish guys in my team: Ross Deacon, Mark O'Keefe, and Sean Coughlin. Irish <laughs> just loves a scuffle. <laughs> <laughs> the cow, the cowboy. The, yep, the I'd cowboy. Like to point out that like Ross Deacon is having one heck of a season for a guy that comes off the bench but scores every game. Like he yep. comes off the bench, he's like the finisher. It's great. I mean, that yeah. the depth you guys have, right? 
yeah, crazy. It, it brings a lot of energy when he comes off the bench. Uh, when he starts, he also obviously brings a lot of experience. Uh, but we're blessed with two brilliant eight men, uh, Jason Daum and Ross. So, I mean, yeah, it just shows again all the all the depth we have. We had, we had a little uh, UFC on the weekend. It didn't, didn't end well for their Irish uh, you know, countryman, Conor McGregor, unfortunately, broke his leg. But if there was an open-weight rugby ATL UFC tournament, Everyone has to fight. Who's the last man standing? And it can't be Scott Lawrence because it probably would be him. <laughs> I would probably put my money on Manasa. Yeah. Just oh, yeah. Just like, just like people dude. would go after him. They couldn't move him. They'd hit him. He wouldn't flinch. He would just like stand <laughs> there. Manasa, Manasa is also, he, he's, he's got the military background. So I think he's, he's got all the, all the tricks in the book to, to, to withstand everyone's fighting, I think. Who's in the final against him, though? Oof. Big Mano. Mano's a scary looking dude. Mano. Let's go with Mano. War Machine. Yeah. yeah. War That'll Machine. That'll be a good one. <laughs> he, he scares me. He's like one of those guys when you watch play, like having retired, where you look at him and you're like, yeah, I'm really glad I'm retired. Like, <laughs> he just gets after everyone. Is he a good dude? Like, is he one yeah, of those guys that different so off the chill. field? He's, yeah. So chill yeah. off the field. Yeah. Very nice guy. You gotta love it. All right, prediction time. You are you're in the championship. Who do you think you're playing from the West Coast? Utah or LA? I have to go with LA. Yeah. yeah. Who you you've beat this year? Yeah. You do it. You do it again. Yep. Yeah, I like it. Good man. <laughs> Good, good man. All right, buddy. We appreciate you jumping on the show. Uh, again, great game and, and looking forward to, obviously, this week will be a, a, a difficult week to get through with the excitement of, of the playoffs right around the corner and what will probably be a home semifinal. Hopefully, the snake pit is, uh, is rattling too for that one, so nice and full. And then, yeah, who knows? Yep. Maybe catch, might be catching up with you at the final in, uh, in three weeks. Thanks for having me. Cheers. There you go. Good looking. It's a good looking pack ATL, isn't it? There are no nonsense, just no frills, hard edge rugby team. I like a lot. I like what I see out of Atlanta. Yeah. Um, um, you know, I just, you know, everyone knows you're in love with Brad Tucker and I'm in love with the Atlanta defense. So um, I, I think that they're like, you know, they've already beaten LA. Um, they've already beaten, you know, Utah. I mean, maybe Utah at Utah, but without some of some of their studs. So that mm-hmm. that would be an interesting game. But well, it's, you know, it's you, funny. It's funny that Johan mentions the only team they haven't beat is probably the team they're going to play next week, New York. That's right, New oh. York. Yeah, that's uh, that's that's interesting. So um, do you know how you beat New York, Pete? How do you beat New York, Dan? Get your lab coat on, put the goggles on, because guess what? We're going into the professor's lab and you're going to tell us how to beat New York. And, you know, I've heard that if you play fast at the breakdown, you're a chance to beat anyone. So tell us how we do it. Well, this is one of the things that I noticed. I think that the, some of the pace of the game has, has dropped within the league over the last couple of weeks. And I think when you talk about a fast game, you know, people often think about the people that clear out at the ruck. But the speed of the ball is... determined by the ball carrier. And it's the ability for the ball carrier to get a good deep post back towards his team. 
So if if the if the post isn't deep, it means that the scrum half have to, have to go in and really dig for it. And so the reason why some of these games have slowed down is that the body height of the ball carrier has gone a little high, right? So if the if the body carrier of the ball if, if the body height of the ball carrier goes high, it means they can't control the contact. If they can't control the contact, it makes it very difficult for them to be able to get a deep post. And the work that you do on the floor as the ball carrier is really key. The deeper you get that post, the faster that ball's available, the quicker you can go. So, you know, first of all, it's about the ball carrier. The second person that's most important is the scrum half, right? And we'll see this, and it's, it's kind of like what separates, I think, some of the, like Goddard or Ellis, maybe from some of the other guys. I think actually um, Nate Osberger does this really well. He also had a great game, I thought, on, on the weekend. It's all about your footwork as you enter the ruck or you enter the ruck zone and making sure that your feet are in the right place so you can pass without moving your feet. It's only the third factor, which is the clear out, right? And the clear out is actually much more about the timing of the support. If the support's there early, they probably, and the ball carry does their job, they don't have to be that good. They can basically just fall over the ball, right? Maybe some, you know, but you can just step over the ball. You can, you can just get in front of the ball. And if the scrum half is working hard, that ball's gone before there's even any contact. Right. And so if things go well and you can play on the front foot you, and everyone, the ball carrier, the scrum half and the supporter do their job, you can play quickly. Right. But if that ball carrier doesn't get the body height right, isn't able to work hard on the ground, that get, get that deep post, then you can't play quickly. And that's why you'll see, you know, if you go to practice, you see a lot of the individual work about that work on the ground and that body height and contact by the ball carrier because they cut, they're like 90% of how fast that ball is. All right. Who's the best at getting fast ball in the league right now? So I think, I think that this is um, one of those things where it kind of depends a little bit. Um, I, I think LA have the players that can generate fast ball. And I think one of the reasons why they don't always play quick and they can't always break it down is they've got some players that aren't as good as it. I think I don't think there's a team out there that can consistently do it. Um, Atlanta, like you saw, New York actually did it in the first half. Like you win that point of contact against Houston. Um, I think the um, Atlanta did it against Utah in the first half. You win that, that collision point. So it's really about the collision point. And actually Atlanta, I feel like have an advantage because if you have a physical defense, then when you practice, you're practicing against that physical defense. That mm. makes you be, have better body position. So I would probably say Atlanta on their day are probably more consistent about generating that. They had a lot of fastball in the game against Utah. All right. One more question. Who's the best at stopping fastball? Well, that's that definitely Atlanta. Atlanta. Same, it's the same answer, right? And, it, and, it, and it's because they put two players on the ball carrier. Every right, time. so they they do more double tackles and have more dominant tackles, and a dominant tackle puts you in a like allows you to control the ball carrier and contest right after. That's why Atlanta is going to be a really difficult matchup than than anyone else. And the the way that you have to beat Atlanta is you have to dominate the set piece. Yeah, interesting, interesting. All right, let's jump into this weekend's game. We'll run through them real quick. Let you know where to watch them. Uh, Thursday night footy. We've got a Thursday night game this week. It's Houston at Seattle. So. Last game of the year for both these teams. They will not be in the playoffs. AT&T Sports down in Houston. Root Sports in the uh, Pacific Northwest and the Rugby Network everywhere else. Saturday, 2 p.m. Eastern. NOLA at New York. MSG in New York. Cox Sports in NOLA and TRN and everyone else. That'll be a, a good one to watch. 
5 p.m. Saturday, we've got Austin at DC. This one on KBVO there in Austin, NBC, SW in DC, and then the Rugby Network, ever else. All right, late game on Saturday is your CBS Sports Game of the Week, LA at Utah. A couple of weeks ago, we had this circle. There's like, oh, it's going to be a huge game. Now it's become quite, uh, I wouldn't say dead rubber, but it's going to be interesting once the rosters come out, see how both coaches deal with this. Obviously, that one's on CBS Sports. And then Sunday, standalone game back on Fox Sports 1, Atlanta at New England. This also had the potential to be a huge game when Atlanta, uh, sorry, when New England were going on a run. But alas, no more. All right, let's bring in uh, my main man, Stats Boy, for our stats and then updates from the Pickhams. So. Where do you want to go? Pickums? Because I, stats. I, I didn't give me a stat first. Give, just right. give me a number and let me try to guess what that number means. I like that. Oh, my God. A few numbers. The number, oh, number, number is still nine. Nine. Number nine. Number nine. Number nine. Um, number of national championships Steinberg won at Penn State. Uh, seven is pretty sure. It was 11, wasn't it? 11. See, 11. I introduced him as the 11 time national champion once, and I think he had to correct. There was some, uh, I need an asterisk. Aaron, Aaron wasn't alive, like in the, in, the first in the 90s one when I won a couple. That's uh, it. definitely wasn't a rugby fan the first one. I can tell you nine. Uh, what's, what's nine? So, nine is the number of internationals that uh, Nola did not have. The last uh, good one. Um, yep. they, get, they get seven back this week. And New York gets four. Yep. Um, yep. Wadi, Hamashais, uh, Savetta, and Brakely. So those are some, some. Another number is two. Two, 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 two. Uh, give us a hint on this one. Yeah, you have to give us a hint. You got, about a, it's a, about a scrum half that played this weekend. The number of tries. For like debut, like is that Danny Christensen? Well, tries? that's not that's not what what the, he did score two tries, but that's not. So, that, so that's right. That number's right. That so, is a number. So yes, it, it's Daniel Christensen. Uh so he was cut twice by the Warriors. Ah, he was cut. Ooh. I think in twenty. 20- Raptors cut him too, didn't he? Um, no. Wasn't he at the Raptors? No. He was at the Raptors, but he wasn't cut for that. I don't think. Okay. Um, but for. MLR, he was cut in 2018 and then 2019 and wasn't, I think he wasn't around last year, didn't try out. Um, so that's interesting. Um, for a guy that played, I think it was 30 minutes total, um, pretty, pretty good. Um, yeah, really good. The stat I wanted to give to you, and this, this feeds into Pete, is average of 44 minutes. Ball and play? Um, no, that's too high. Spending minutes for a specific team. Uh, Atlanta. Yeah, it was it was a gimme, but so literally, they just tackled like to defend. They like to, so what they do is that they're fine giving the ball away and gaining territory and being on defense, right? So they just want to play in the in the right part of the field, and they'll just trust their defense to either get the ball back or to create an error. So that's a that's a, and it's a you know it's a really powerful place to be because um, defenses are, are um, less susceptible to um, selection changes and subs. Yeah. So the 
right, those are your stats of the week. Um, we are going to – oh, no, 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 wrong. The, um, Owen Sheehy, 24th U.S. Collegiate College 2020 yep. product, rookie, debuted last week. The yep. fifth U.S. Collegiate product um, debuted this week for Johnny Powers. John Powers um, got yeah. his uh, first MLR cap, so good for him. Um, and then I think the sixth true Canadian rookie, uh, Kobe Faust, got his cap last two weeks ago and has played three games, so good for him. Um, for the young Canadians, I think for what? What about Russell? Has Russell played? Was wearing 23 for the Arrows on uh, on the weekend. Um Russell the the rugby muscle. Like, I don't know. I mean, I can, dude, I can pull that up. I got it right here. Dig top. it up. No, he's got the good stats. He's got like the the deep stats. We got. We'll go through the pickems, and he can figure it out while we pick him. Oh, yeah. Alexander Russell played twenty four minutes. All right, good for him. So seven right there. First, first ever. Oh, I outstatted the stat boy. There you go. Um, I, I wouldn't have got that if shirt. I didn't call that game. It must be. It's. It must be the shirt. Man. It must be the shirt. <laughs> Casual. Well, if we go back, so finally, and the, the, the things I'll leave you with is, um, Dan, um, for as bad as picking was last week, you did bad. good. You were idle. Idle. Yeah, I'll take I'll take that. I there was some, <laughs> that is some shockers. shockers. Uh, I had I had some bad ones, and it dropped me, um, not horribly. It dropped me one spot to 18th, but uh, let's see. I mean, I had oh. to. I have to go really. Have to keep hard. scrolling, keep scrolling. Uh, no, 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 actually. Use page down. It's faster. He, you got lucky, man. Um, went up. No idle. Oh, that's good. good. I mean, I chose 30, still thirty seven over LA. I, I might be the only person on that ladder that did that. Still, still thirty seventh. Um, um, there were people below you that that picked, but it looks like they were all idle because the wooden spoon was handed out to the. 44th person in the in the league that we have so all of these were picking games and they all they all got them wrong too so oh and then the not scary larry but um the guy who uh sent us in the uh the stats the the um Probability. probability uh the live probability graphs uh he is uh one worse than the professor 38th and i guess this week uh scary larry rugby uh was able to put some distance between himself and bobby bobberson he is now um six and a half points clear uh heading into the final round so can't lose there you go yeah unless he goes what oh oh and five the other dude blitz well, and unless he does what i do which is forget to actually pick that's very convenient you say you forget to pick when you were coming 37, when I know you're there right. on the phone to Larry every Friday, Larry, what are you doing? Let's, let's, let's pick them. All right. Houston at Seattle Thursday night. Who you got? Seattle, Seattle on the up. I think Alan, Alan Clark's doing some magic there. They're an exciting team. Um, you know, Houston's one of the teams that is, is not. So I think this is Seattle. It's also at home. They had a great crowd. You know, I think, I think it'll be a, it'll be a fun game, but I think it's uh, it's, it's Houston. School, school I mean, sorry, holidays, Seattle. Thursday Seattle. night. I, yeah. Yeah. I, sorry, Seattle, I think it's going to be like 32-22. I hope they pack it. If they can, pack it. I want Starfire back to the good old days of just jammed up and 
I love it. I love it. Sapphire's great atmosphere. All right. Uh, Nola at New York. This is the big one. Well, so Nola needs to win with a bonus point. New York. By 20 points. To, yeah. Is it, is it 20 points? They need to win by 20 points, and New York can't get a bonus point. So No bonus point. I actually think Nola's defense, that with the players that they have coming back, they have a really good line out. I mean, this is going to be a great line out contest, right? You've got Cam Dolan with against Nick Savannah. It's going to be a great matchup. Yeah. I think the, the edge in that, I think Nola have the ability to hold New York um, to not having a bonus point. I think this might be a close game. I just don't know that they have enough firepower to score. But um, I think, I mean, this is, this is, this is a great game. I think like I, I think Nola wins this game. I think it's a tight one, but I think they win like 22-17. Win the game, don't make the playoffs. Yeah, I'm kind of leaning the same way. The only thing that concerns me is kind of listening to you talk about what they did wrong in Seattle and did Nola chase points here and play a style that doesn't suit who they are and basically play into New York's hands. Well, I mean, I think Nola have to pl- continue to play the game that they play, which is territory, defense and hold on to the ball but I can they do that with that in the back of your mind going I, I think win by can. 20 I think, with a bonus point and not let them get a bonus I, point i think i think against seattle my view of that game was players that aren't used to being surrounded by players that maybe aren't normally starters were trying to do too much i hope the score is 40 to 19 to nola so new york scores three tries but 21 points they're up by and it's the end of the game and New York's attacking the line. They need to score a try to get the bonus point. Or, or a penalty then. They could score a penalty. They oh, yes, that's right. Oh, how good would that be? The tension, the drama, the buzz, it's all happening. Yeah, I, I this, this will be a tough so, one. So I, I, I'll, just, I'll just go New York. I'll go New York. Just I think so, New York at home strong. So I'll be flying out to Indy. When that game's going on, I think I land. I'll, I'll, I'll land in time for the second half. Second half, yeah. We'll, yeah. we'll uh, you, you, we'll talk about. It. We're back. We're back, yep. baby. We're we back. are. We're back. And uh, so we'll watch this one. Timbo and uh, his sidekick is back. Yeah, is yes, Pete. Handsome Pete plus one is the name of the group. And no, no, it's the it's it's the power couple that dude. It's definitely the power couple. It is. We'll be holding hands in the back of the Uber. All lift. See which one's cheaper. You have to win our love. All right, uh, Austin at DC, no bearing on this one. Only thing that this can dictate potentially is maybe a position for the draft, but uh, outside of that, no real bearings. Yeah, I mean, and, and this is when you get to these games, I'm like, I, it's hard to pick because you've got to look at the rosters. You know, Austin in particular, this will be their first game. It's their only game where they haven't been fighting for a playoff spot. I think that it might be a game where Sam Harris rewards some players for their work throughout the season. Yeah. Maybe haven't got some some games dc will be at home they want to finish strong i think dc wins this game but i think they win it primarily because dc picks a strong squad and austin maybe doesn't yeah a hundred percent couldn't have said that any better pete um i think sam harris and mark gerard will be blooding some players this week with an eye to next year and just say let's put these guys in the deep end see if they can swim and get a feel for next year where dc have been out for a few weeks so they're just gonna have fun Another great crowd there. Hopefully, it's Segra. All right, uh, LA Utah. The preview, the the what we can call this the opening show. It's like going to watch the Beatles and the Beatles open for the Beatles, and you're like, ah, oh, what the heck? So, 
so you know we you and i are doing this game so we can't predict it but we don't want to call it but what i would say is it's going to be really interesting to see the selections here because i think yeah what la is going to do is they're going to rest some of their older guys right i think i think that that would make sense they've played a lot of rugby but utah that's not like resting players may not be the choice you've gone two weeks where you haven't had your best squad on the field. Right? Hang on. I want to crunch some numbers real quick. Keep, talk, keep talking. You're good at that. So, so, so for me, I'm wondering if Utah might actually want to be like, you know what, we're going to, for the first half, we want our players to be able to play, right? So we're going to play our top 15, right? But then we're going to sub them all. Like we're going to sub all the guys. And then there's definitely a little bit of trying to work out how much, um, how much, uh, um, uh, how much playing they did in the in the UK in in the UK, and um, you know where they, whether you feel like they need a rest because those games against those top teams and the travel, right? So it's going to be the, the selection of this is going to be interesting. And I, and Dan, I'm just going to say I know that like for for a lot of people they're like oh it's a dead rubber it doesn't matter. I'm so fascinated to see what the coaches show because the yeah. coaches are going to show things. Not to win the game, they're going to show things to show not what they're not going to do. So, like Deception. as we go through the game, we'll be talking. Like what I'll be talking about is okay, we saw that, but what does that mean that they're going to do next week? You see that runner at the back? They didn't hit the runner at the back. They're going to hit the runner at the back next week. I think things like that are going to be really interesting in that game. Okay, he's just stay with me here. This is going to be a little bit, you know, tinfoil conspiracy here. Actually, it's not that bad. So Utah currently sit four points behind ATL. So if they get a bonus point win in the overall standings, they would leapfrog ATL. So if they if can ATL then turn that around. Yeah. That's right. So let's just say ATL lose to New England, don't get any points. All of a sudden, now it becomes a situation if Utah then beat LA and ATL win their semifinal, the final would go to Utah. It wouldn't go to ATL. So, that, so that's, that's something to play Utah, for. Utah, New England selection, right? But ATL will know that. Yes, they will. Right? And they'll they have a, that. Yeah, and, they have and, a and better point differential. Out. So ATL, yep. I, I wonder if we'll see some changes in selection from ATL from that Saturday game to that Sunday game. Like, like Sunday, Utah, don't get Sunday morning games. illnesses. Oh, sore throat. He's out. Right. I mean, I mean, it's interesting how to do that. But that, yeah, the ATL New England game is another game that, that, that's interesting. I think that Scott, I mean, it's such a physical game that they play. I think they're definitely going to like provide some guys some opportunities um, yeah. to play. Well, the hard uh, thing for them is it's on the road. So if they're gone and then Utah win that night, how heavy are they going to travel? Like you've yeah. almost got to roll the dice and say, hey, LA, Utah, let's just not, not even worry about it to wash. All we need is a bonus point up here. But New England's christening a new stadium. It's Ryan Martin's last coach at Gamers Head Coach for now. You never know. It's a weird old world. He's done a great job up there. So I'm sure if he's available in a few years, they'd probably look at bringing him back. But a lot of emotion going into this game without the playoffs for New England. So, right. yeah, could be good. Could be good. I'm trying, trying to create any interest in these games that I possibly can. So, so Dan, before we end... We, we have a competition that we're going to do, right? So we've got jerseys. Give it to me. Give it right? to me. So we've got yep. jerseys available. For, is, is it the best review? I think that, that's what we decided. Um, it's the best review at what, in whatever 
format that you can leave. So whether it's on Spotify or whether it's on um, iPlayer. Now, Aaron, we, we got a tweet that said you can't leave reviews on Google. And so they asked if they could tweet it. And my suggestion is that if you would like to leave a review on Twitter or Instagram, just um, well, what? hashtag In MLR. Instagram? Kids. The, 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 the places you can leave reviews that I have seen are on CastBox, which I never see those. We we have read them out. I have read them out for one time on CastBox. I never see those. Or iTunes. Um, obviously, you have to make a an account on iTunes if you want to do that. But I, we'll, we can figure this out, you know? So, um, so, uh, but are we gonna? We need a hashtag if they're gonna do it on social media, right? Hashtag, give me a jersey. Okay, love it. Hashtag, give me a jersey. Do it. Book it. Yeah. Sounds good. Go. Sounds good. All right, there we go. Let's get those reviews going, guys. Yep. Thanks to Carolyn for and, joining and, us. Walshie, you're a legend. We love you. And, um, maybe, maybe special one hundredth episode yes uh should we just leave a teaser for next week and get yeah, everything locked yeah. down ep- um, what number are we on now 99? 98 so next week's next week's 99 we'll preview the western eastern conference finals for the mlr championship series next week and then the 100th will be the week of the championship and we've so, got some special news about the 100th episode so make sure you tune in next week People, 100 shows, Pete. Incredible. People have listened to you 100 different times. Unbelievable. <laughs> Unbelievable. All right. That wraps it up for the professor, Pete Steinberg, our producer, Aaron Castro. I'm Dan Power. This has been the MLR Kickoff Podcast. Episode 98 of MLR Kickoff brought to you by shopmlr.com, powered by the rugby shop.